Okay, so this is Kelly McGee, and today's date is October 2nd, and we're following the Genesis study. This is part three in the final part. And this is a commercial that's on right now. never to tell the truth. He rejected every moral law and declared that the only way to a new society was through the total destruction of civilization. Murder, rape, incest, and the drinking of blood were perfectly acceptable, acceptable actions and rituals. His followers established the Marxist system and have infiltrated Islam and Judaism. He was the Messiah of the Illuminati. EnigmaTV.com segment uh, Rob is reading from the book of Jasher and there's still I think about 30 more verses um, so I'll turn it back over to you brother okay continue where we left off in I think this is chapter 12 I think uh-huh. um, and when the king heard the words his heart fainted and he would not believe them so he went so he sent other faithful princes to see this matter and they went and saw it and told it to the king and the king rose to go and see it and he saw Abram walking to and fro in the midst of the fire, and he saw Haran's body burned, to the, and the king wondered it greatly. And the king ordered Abram to be taken out from the fire, and his servants approached to take him out, and they could not, for the fire was round about, and the flame ascending toward them from the furnace. And the king's servants fled from it, and the king rebuked them, saying, Make haste and bring Abram out of the fire, that you shall not die. And the servants of the king again approached to bring Abram out, and the flames came upon them and burned their faces, so that eight of them died. And when the king saw that his servants could not approach the fire, lest they should be burned, the king called to Abram, O servant of the God who is in heaven, go forth from from amidst the fire, and come hither before me. And Abram hearkened to the voice of the king, and he went forth from the fire, and came and stood before the king. And when Abram came out, The king and all his servants saw Abram coming before the king with his lower garments upon him, for they were not burned, but the cord with which he was bound was burned. And the king said to Abram, How is it that thou wast not burned in the fire? And Abram said to the king, The God of heaven 
and earth in whom I trust and who has all in his power. He delivered me from the fire into which thou didst cast me. And Haran, the brother of Abram, was burned to ashes. And they sought for his body, and they found it consumed. And Haran was 82 years old when he died in the fire of Kazdim. And the king, princes, inhabitants of the land, seeing that Abram was delivered from the fire, they came and bowed down to Abram. And Abram said to them, Do not bow down to me, but bow down to the God of the world who made you, and serve him, and go in his ways, for it is he who delivered me from out of this fire. And it is he who created the souls and spirits of all men, and formed man in his mother's womb, and brought him forth into the world. And it is he who will deliver those who trust in him from all pain. And this thing seemed very wonderful in the eyes of the king and princess, and Abram was saved from the fire, and that Haran was burned. And the king gave Abram many presents, and he gave him his two head servants, and he gave him his two head servants. Oh, head servant! I'm like, it's like a two two headed dude, <laughs> two, two, two lead servants, I guess. His, his, I'm like, what? Two headed servants. His two head servants from the king's house. The name of one was Oni, and the name of the other was Eliezer. And all the king's princes and servants gave Abram Abram many gifts of silver and gold and pearl. And the king and his princes sent him away. And he went in peace. And Abram went forth from the king in peace. And many of the king's servants followed him. And about 300 men joined him. And Abram returned on that day and went to his father's house. He and the men that followed him. And Abram served the Lord his God all the days of his life. And he walked in his ways and followed his law. And from that day forward, Abram inclined the hearts of the sons of men to serve the Lord. And at that time, Nahor and Abram took unto themselves wives and the daughters of their brother uh, took unto themselves wives the daughters of their brother Haran the wife of Nahor was Milcah and the name of Abram's wife was Sarai and Sarai wife of Abram was barren and she had no offspring in those days and at the expiration of two years from Abram's going out of the fire that is in the 52nd year of his life Behold, King Nimrod sat in Babel upon the throne, and the king fell asleep and dreamed that he was standing with his troops and hosts in a valley opposite the king's furnace. And he lifted up his eyes and saw a man in the likeness of Abram coming forth from the furnace, and that he came and stood before the king with his drawn sword, and then sprang to the king with his sword. And when the king fled from the man, for he was afraid, and while he was running, the man threw an egg upon the king's head and the egg became a great river and the king dreamed that all his troops sank in that river and died and the king took flight with three men who were before him and he escaped and the king looked at these men and they were clothed in princely dresses as the garments of kings and had the appearance and majesty of kings and while they were running the river again turned to an egg before the king and they came forth from the egg uh, there came forth from the egg a young bird which came before the king and flew at his head and plucked out the king's eye. Oh, and the king was grieved at this, at the sight, and he awoke out of his sleep, and his spirit was agitated, and he felt a great terror. And in the morning the king arose from his couch in fear, and he ordered all the wise men and the magicians to come before him when the king related his dream to them. And the wise servant of the king, whose name was Anuki, answered the king, saying, This is nothing else but the evil of Abram and his seed, which will spring up against my lord and king in the latter days. And behold, the day will come when Abram 
and his seed and the children of his household will war with my king and they will smite all the king's hosts and his troops and as to what thou hast said concerning three men which thou didst see like unto thyself and which did escape this means that only thou wilt escape with three kings from the kings of the earth who will be with thee in battle and that which thou sawest of the river which turned to an egg as at first and the young bird plucked out thine eye this means nothing else but the seed of abram which will slay the king in the latter days this is my king's dream and this is its interpretation and the dream is true and the interpretation which thy servant has given thee is right now therefore my king surely thou knowest that it is now 52 years since thy sages saw this at the birth of abram and if my king will suffer abram to live in the earth it will be to the injury of my lord and king for all the days of abram liveth neither thou nor thy kingdom will be established for this was known formerly at his birth and why will not my king slay him that his enemy may be kept from thee in latter days and Nimrod hearkened to the voice of Anuki and he sent some of his servants in secret to go and seize Abram and bring him before the king to suffer death and Eliezer Abram's servant whom the king had given him was at that time in the presence of the king and he heard what Anuki was had advised the king and what the king had said to cause Abram's death and Eliezer said to Abram haste Rise up and save thy soul, that thou mayest not die through the hands of the king. For thus did he see in a dream concerning thee, and thus did Anuki interpret it, and thus did also did Anuki advise the king concerning thee. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Eliezer, and Abram hastened and ran for safety to the house of Noah and his son Shem, and he concealed himself there and found a place of safety. And the king's servants came to Abram's house to seek him, but they could not find him, and they searched throughout the country and he was not to be found and they went and searched in every direction and he was not to be met with and when the king's servants could not find abram they returned to the king but the king's anger against abram was stilled as they did not find him and the king drove from his mind this matter concerning abram and abram was concealed in noah's house for one month until the king had forgotten this matter but abram was still afraid of the king and terah came to see abram his son secretly in the house of Noah and Terah was very great in the eyes of the king and Abram said to his father dost thou not know that the king thinketh to slay me and to annihilate my name from the earth by the advice of his wicked counselors now whom hast thou here and what hast thou in this land arise let us go together to the land of Canaan that we may be delivered from his hand lest thou perish also through him in the latter days Dost thou not know, or hast thou not heard, that it is not through love that Nimrod giveth thee all his this honor, but it is only for the benefit that he bestoweth all this good upon thee? And if he do unto thee greater good things, good than this, surely these are only vanities of the world, for wealth and riches cannot avail in the day of wrath and anger. Now therefore hearken to my voice, and let us arise and go to the land of Canaan, out to the out of the reach of injury from Nimrod and serve thou the Lord who created thee in the earth and it will be well with thee and cast away all the vain things which thou pursuest and Abram ceased to speak when Noah and his son Shem answered Terah saying true is the word which Abram has said unto thee 
And Terah hearkened to the voice of his son Abram. And Terah did all that Abram said, for this was from the Lord, that the king should not cause Abram's death. Uh, I'll stop there just so we, maybe we can comment on some of this, because uh, this is still within the limitations of what we covered in Genesis 12. Uh-huh. Um, I did find it interesting that he just, the Torah just totally threw his oldest son under the bus. Right, right. <laughs> just like, eh, you know, it's really like, yeah, Well, it, there must be something going on there. It, it appears that um, what it said that Haran was starting to go the ways of Abram. Uh-huh. And maybe, maybe he was mad at him. I mean, why else would he throw his his oldest son under the bus to save? Oh yeah, yeah, right. This, you know. Yeah, blaming him for advising him. Because I mean, he did that to save his own skin. Yes, right. You know, so he didn't go in a furnace. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, in the writings of Abraham, it actually says um, that 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 you know the Most High kind of placed that thought into his mind and that it was because um, Haran didn't believe completely as Abram did and so the, his punishment was would be that you know he, uh, because he was faltering in his faith that um, he would be judged for that yeah in the, Genesis, that. in the Genesis account we see that Abram was called out of Ur of the Chaldees which is where he was with his father to Haran Mm-hmm. Um, and then from Haran down to Shechem, and I didn't get that far really here. It's that's uh, chapter thirteen, where they they end up in Haran and they name the land Haran after right. the death of his son. Um, mm-hmm. And on the surface, there appears to be a discrepancy in age between when Abram's called out of Ur of the Chaldees and Haran to Canaan. Canaan versus uh, what the Joshua account says, but when I laid it all out in a timeline chart, uh, we, well, what we end up seeing is that there were several trips back and forth. Ah, uh, okay. And we'll get to that in a later chapter. Although I did find it interesting yeah. that um, the Anuki, uh, and I've uh-huh. often wondered if that might have been like where the Anunnaki whole uh-huh. thing came from. Uh-huh. If there's, other than, you know, the the sound of the word right, right. if there's something more to it if there's a connection yeah, there have so you read too. or heard anything that might perhaps tie his advisors to the Anunnaki of the Sumerian lore um, no uh, have not but I haven't looked into it um, but it would seem you know as far as the Sumerian that being that land and Babylon being uh, that particular yeah, kingdom that there yeah. you know, probably is connection. I even think yeah. that the sons of Anak, that Anak is also in some manner connected to the Anunnaki um, in some some manner. Yeah, it could be. Uh, well, that, that prophecy that was given over him about the, the bird that plucks out his eye, mm-hmm. th- that's where I believe the all-seeing eye motif originates and that it was his left eye that was plucked out very interesting Uh, certainly you know that has become a symbol of the the powers principalities the rulers of darkness wickedness in high places uh, the whole eye of Ra and Mm -hmm. so that's a that's an interesting history as well yeah in the um timeline chart I created called the Abraham, the, the Nimrod Abraham timeline, let me see if I can pull this over here 
show people. Uh, this is a timeline chart. You can get this chart if you're interested on BabylonRisingBooks.com. Click on the store tab and then look for digital files. You can get it there. <clears throat> um, and what I offer is the digital files that you can then take to like a Staples or a Kinko's or someplace like that. Uh-huh. And Print it. Yeah, they're 300 DPI files that they'll know what to do with, and they can print it out. It comes up to be like a three-foot-long uh, banner when you do it. Awesome. Um, but in this timeline chart, uh, I depict everything that I just read there, and and I show the, the bust of Sargon, which I also think is has a relationship to Nimrod, that's missing its left eye. So if, if you just Google, oh. Google the bust of Sargon, you'll see what, what looks like a Nimrod character head missing its left eye and uh, I, I tie all that together and then I, I find um, I don't know if everybody can see this clearly enough on the screen here but uh, some of that writing kind of small but so the the, the Anuki said that that represented uh, one of the offspring of Abraham would kill him so his, le- his left eye being plucked out signified his first death and then if you look at Zechariah chapter 11, it says, Woe to the worthless shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. That, I believe, is a prophecy of his second death at the, in the last days. So you, you have a prophecy of his first eye prophesying his first death mm-hmm. and his second death in Zechariah chapter 11 on, upon his right eye mm-hmm. interesting um, with regard to the timeline uh, I did forge you the information from the individual that we met at the conference yes I got that I did get that yeah yeah, yeah. his name is Mark and so I plan on doing a show with him some you know sometime to give him uh, a chance to present his material and the things that he's bringing forth in this so that'll be interesting as well but yeah yeah um, speaking of shows I uh, I listened to the show you did with Timothy Alberino uh, I think it was in 2016 and he brought out something interesting that I wasn't aware of um, regarding Nimrod and Baalbek I, I was aware that Nimrod had rebuilt Baalbek and he used giants to do it uh-huh. And I quote a guy by the name of Michael Aloof from his one of his books, and uh, but Timothy also quoted him, saying that uh, that same scholar I guess had said that Baalbek was a pre-flood structure that had been originally built by Cain, and that it was rebuilt. Cain used giants to build it in the pre-flood world, and then Nimrod used giants to rebuild it in the post-flood world. I thought that was a really cool. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, well, you don't remember 2016? I mean, come on, dude. What's the matter? You mean you slept a few times since then? <laughs> yeah, the thousands of shows that I've done. Since then, <laughs> yeah, no, and books you've written and everything else. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a good interview, man. That really yeah enjoyed. It. Yeah, I want to go back and listen to it again because there's some good nuggets in there. But he was talking about uh, the true legends and the. The, the video series he was doing with Gen 6 Productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we were doing um, a number uh, of shows and, you know, um, and they were really very interesting, but unfortunately, you know, he's not yeah. on board with biblical cosmology and when he found out I was a flat earther, that was pretty much the end of 
our association, unfortunately. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of funny because because he seemed to be on board with uh, serpent seed and pre-pre-demic yes. civilization. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's like these guys. You know, I mean, they're so close with so many of these things. You know, with, with uh-huh. pre-demic civilization, with with serpent seed, with the Nephilim, with Genesis six, with the, all of that stuff, including Hollow Earth. But they won't take that next step. It's like yeah. the, if you use the exact same rationale that you use to justify all the other stuff that you believe, then you'd have to take the next step. Right. Same with uh, uh, Brian Gadawa with the uh, with the issue of predators, and he's like, you know, I don't really care what the church fathers say, which is something I say too. I, mean, I, I care what the scripture says, and I'm like, well, yeah, okay, welcome to the flat Earth Society, then, dude. <laughs> you know. Because uh, in his own books, uh, Brian Gadawa has got some great books, both fiction and nonfiction books. But in his fiction books, he heavily annotates and you know puts footnotes for the true, the real life stuff that he's basing his fiction on. Um, and I had seen in several of his uh, novels that he later takes those footnotes and turns them into a nonfiction book of just the research you know behind the, the fiction and. I had seen early on that he very much acknowledged that the, both the biblical authors as well as everybody else in the ancient Near East had the, the what we now call bibli- biblical cosmological worldview. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, dude, he's like, no, no, no. So he pulled the hyzer, you know, he's like, right. you know, he recognizes that this is what the Holy Spirit inspired authors of scripture wrote, but then, you know, going to default to this yeah, uh, not going there. scientific worldview. Yeah. And, you know, again, so many of them do lean upon and affirm the Book of Enoch to be inspired when it comes to, you know, everything with regard to the Nephilim, the Watchers, and uh, the Giants, and all of that. But then, you know, they completely don't want to examine the book on the courses of the Heavenly Luminaries or consider the possibility that it is, you know, as I decrypted um connected to biblical cosmology and um, as we've covered it and shown and verified in so many different shows but you know they just won't make that leap won't go there well you know I, I I hate to say it's all about money but that's the only thing that makes any sense is why people won't go there because you have to count the cost and you know if you do go there uh, you know as well as any <laughs> oh yeah uh, what comes down on you, you know, when you mm-hmm. do. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me is mm-hmm. they're, they're like because because they do have the same exact view of scripture and as you said, even the extra biblical texts and books like Enoch and stuff like that. So the only reason they could say that they don't want to do it is they don't want to. The cost is too high. Yeah, and you know, again, with regard to the true research it's not difficult at all to discover that there is no curvature and if you're going to be honest to truth and if you're going to stand for truth um i i just you know i don't get it because we also had to pay the price Uh, and maybe that's you know why others are weary um because of the great condemnation that we went through and all of the judgments uh, when we first came out um, and started speaking about even examining these particular topics, um, but certainly uh, 
we were put through the ringer on <laughs> all of that and Man. cut loose from a lot of uh, associations and you know people won't you know just like the whole thing with Timothy um, he and I were doing a lot of really good work together with regard to the other issues Serpent Seed and the, even the pre-Adamic stuff which is something that they're covering uh, a lot now oh yeah I know uh, you know all these guys same thing with the the ancient aliens crowd um, when I went to the contact in the desert conference I mean it's like everybody knows that within these uh, the fringe research community I should say not everybody on earth but everybody within the fringe research Christian or otherwise knows that Antarctica is the key like they're all going down there like in terms of either research or physically going down there because something something there is is going to determine our future mm-hmm. and even within that crowd like um, uh, Brooks Agnew some of them are starting to realize well the north has got some major stuff to be looking at too you know, so either going to the center of the circle or the outer rim of the circle, either way, you know, there's there's attention being drawn there, and both happen to be covered by Admiral Byrd, and saying that this place is hollow, that there's an uh-huh. uh, that there's an underworld here, and it's it's like I'm, I'm like I listen to these guys, I watch their stuff, and I'm like, man, they're like three inches away. Yeah. Just take one more step over. Right. Because the same resources that they're looking into confirms biblical cosmology. Right, right. Yeah, but still the unwillingness. And, you know, I think now, too, that they are all grouped together and they have all made allegiance against, you know, individuals like ourselves, um, that... Maybe they're just, you know, afraid to, to break rank um, now that they're all towing the same line and, you know, judging and condemning and calling us fools and well, all of that. Yeah, I, there are people who have wanted to partner with me for various things, whether it be, you know, doing shows together or other things. And I said, well, you know, I'm honored. Thank you. But you need to know that I'm a liability. You, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I, I, I tend to be very uh, verbal in my convictions, and I don't back down. So, you know, you may agree with everything right now, but chances are I'm going to stumble on something. <laughs> you know, I, I tend to have like a three-year shelf life, three to five years. <laughs> you know, so you're the only one that I feel comfortable with saying that's probably not going to happen simply by virtue of the fact that the same you go through a lot of the same stuff that I go through right. uh, and more in some cases so yeah. you know I'm like okay I'll probably have a longer shelf life than three to five years with you <laughs> but I can't yeah, see myself just... doing shows like this with too many other people right right yeah I've already stepped on a lot of toes um and already been banned by most of the groups out there. <laughs> Pretty so. much everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you also, uh, you did some stuff with uh, Prophecy Club too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did with Back Stan. And, but, you know, again, this topic is one that has divided us, unfortunately. So, oh, but, Next yeah. week, we'll pick up on my show. All right, brother. Be blessed. So that was um, 
very interesting uh, Genesis study. And I always learn something when I listen to him. And he's very thorough. Well, he's making a movie, and um, I think it's going to get high scrutiny, of course. Anything biblical is going to have high scrutiny. So um, I think what he does is just um, beat something to death, you know, making sure he's got everything that he has together. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found it interesting. And um, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.